T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We start the show with the Cavs' big win. Do we get to call it a big win? When you beat Houston, can any win against a Houston team that still kind of looks like they're tanking, that kind of is like, well, we got Jalen Green and we've got Shingoon and we've got um, KPJ, but you know what we could use a Victor Wembayana? Like, Houston's not quite done tanking. Can you still call it a big win? Because it did feel like, you know what, I'll, here's the, the modifier I use. It was a necessary win last night. Right, it it absolved us of Cavs panic today, and and I think like I'm not when I say Cavs panic, please don't. I'm this is a logical journey, all right. So if after the Knicks loss, if you had your hair on fire and wanted to fire JB Bickerstaff, I'm not in the same car with you. I'm not on the same highway with you. But I get it, all right. I do know how to drive. I don't know if that fulfills that metaphor, but. I, I get it. I at least understand. Because when we when we talk about Cavs panic or Cavs hype and the Cavs hype panic scale, what we're really talking about is the quick change in expectations for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it was a necessary win last night, mostly for my sanity, because I do listen to every show on this station. And by the time I would have gotten to Baskin and Phelps today, because I, I listened to uh, the end of JP's show last night, Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Make sure to check it out if you haven't already. But I would have listened to three separate shows panic about that loss. So I am so thankful that the Cavs beat a team that they absolutely should have beat. Uh, the fact KPJ didn't play probably did cost me my parlay last night. So thank you for nothing, Houston. Not only did you take Kevin Porter Jr. from us uh, about as cheap as you can possibly get a guy that can co- score 20 points a game, but then you cost me... $50 win last night. I only bet 10 though, so it would have been nice. But it's funny because the more I watch the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell, and we do have to get into that in just a second, congrats to Donovan on his first time being elected as a starter in the All-Star. He was voted. Um, I believe when they aggregated all the numbers, and this is this is totally me playing telephone because I think I heard Anthony Lima say it today, that when they aggregated all the votes, that Donovan Mitchell actually got the most votes of any guard in the Eastern Conference, more than Kyrie Irving. That's cool. Yay. I don't really have any other reaction other than that, but congratulations to Donovan Mitchell on that feat. But the more I've watched the Cavs without Donovan, I do realize something about last night's win. And and I don't know that it's it's a through line through literally every one of their games without Donovan, but it's certainly something I felt watching the Cavs without Donovan here recently, which is that the Cavs without Donovan feels like proof that with or without Donovan, they're caught between who they were and who they're going to be eventually. 
who they're going to be eventually is they're going to have enough offense a year from now, maybe six months from now, hell, maybe two years from now, as long as Donovan, Darius, and Evan Mobley are on the same roster, they should have more than enough offense to go ahead and score with the big boys in the playoffs. Uh, specifically, Donovan Mitchell, um, it's so funny because people talk about Donovan's lack of playoff success, which is bananas. Um, Donovan had playoff success. The Utah Jazz didn't. And the Utah Jazz didn't have playoff success in spite of Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell, there were games where he was dropping 30, 40, and 50 points. As a matter of fact, his career average in the playoffs in 30 ga- 39 games is 28 points per game. I'll take that. All that iso ball stuff that happened at the end of the Knicks game that annoyed the crap out of us and makes us wonder, do the Cavs have an offense? All that stuff is probably going to be the reason you have a chance to win a playoff series come April or May. Because that style of offense, once you get on the half court, some, not a lot of ISO, because that can also kill you, but the ability to score in isolation is a big thing that, that's going to help you then. They just have to learn how to merge Darius Donovan and Evan Mobley and get everybody out together. But when I say that last night was just kind of another reminder of this push and pull between who the Cavs were and who we thought they would be, the reason why I say that is eventually – as long as these guys stick together long enough and the Cavs do a good job of, of kind of melding the pieces around them, offense isn't going to be an issue. And as long as you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen as your your big combo, defense, at least in the perimeter, at least inside the three-point arc, isn't going to be a problem either. The three-point defense is – perimeter defense is a little bit of a scare here. And Isaac Okoro is a small 3-and-D wing player. You need a bigger guy unless Evan Mobley can take that on himself. But a lot of the problems that I think people are really frustrated about, I don't know why I said frustrated like that, frustrated. <laughs> I went full on Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or any of the times Brad Pitt has had a bad Southern accent. But a lot of the things that I think are frustrating people right now are simply a team that had a very distinct way of playing, whether it was with Ron, uh, Donovan <laughs> Darius running the offense and setting everybody else up alongside Ricky Rubio and Karis LeVert and all these other guys. Darius running the offense and Evan and Jarrett kind of running a dominant defense to who they're going to be. And the good news is it's not as if it's a complete A or B thing here. But the reason why I say that is when when Darius and Donovan had their best games last year, it wasn't just because, oh, they were learning on the fly. It wasn't they're developing all that kind of crap. No, no, no. The reality is it, it tied into their aggressiveness and their confidence. I think if you've watched Evan when Donovan's on the court, Evan's not quite sure how to play with a guy that is that ball dominant, that it not, and it's not just ball dominant, that's that dominant of a player offensively. He's not sure how to do that yet because it's not really what they did last year, even though Darius is a ball dominant guard. Darius has gone through points. And I thought Lima made a great point this morning that the the eye injury early in the season is probably another reason why Darius's numbers, maybe not specifically home and away, but probably why some of his numbers look maybe inferior to last year. I thought that was a great point by him today. But what I saw last night from both Darius and Evan Mobley were guys who were not thinking. They were just playing, Right? It was, it was two guys who knew exactly their role on offense and who weren't as afraid to make a mistake. 
And the more I thought about it, the more that makes sense. Every little concern that we have about the Cavs in the final 30 games of the year should absolve itself. Because Donovan, Darius, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen all want to win. They all play basketball the right way. Stylistically, they're a little different, but in terms of their approach and their desire to win, that's the thing that hasn't changed. But what has changed is how Donovan knows how to be um, dominant as a scorer or as as somebody facilitating, because that's one of the other parts that I think they can unlock even more. Same thing with Evan Mobley. And by the way, I think these problems would still be happening even if Donovan wasn't here. The Cavs last year, nobody thought anything of them. They were the plucky upstart, and they never got anybody's best effort. And even more so, the Cavs knew every single night, we're going to have to play our best game. And then against teams like Milwaukee and against teams like Boston and other teams like that, we're talking about you're hoping that maybe you get 80%. This year, you're not getting 80% of anybody outside of teams that just aren't that good. Like I thought last night, you probably got about 80 or 90% of Houston. Well, that team's not any good. So it's so funny that we look at the Knicks loss, and that was such an indictment. And listen, it does matter. When you lose to the Knicks, that's a team that you're going to be jostling for playoff spot with, and it's the same reason why the Jets loss hurt the Browns' playoff chances more than the Saints' loss, even though the Saints' loss was a death now. Because it was about tiebreakers, and it's about draft positioning. And listen, that loss could end up in the end result, be the difference between the sixth seed and the seventh seed. If that loss happens... Um, two months from now, that loss probably, probably is, is going to be the kind of loss that really haunts you. And it'll also be illustrative, illustrative. It'll also illustrate at the time that maybe the Cavs aren't where we want them to be, which is a team capable of getting a top six seed and, and not, not just getting a top six seed, but maybe hosting a home playoff uh, series and maybe just maybe winning a playoff series. But those concerns are two months down the road. Because I think the more you see is there's a team when Donovan's out there and that team can achieve amazing things because Donovan Mitchell is an amazing player. And that the the real balance of the, the next, what is it, 30 games left in the season is can you get Evan Mobley and Darius Garland to play the way they did last night consistently when Donovan's on the court. And also... Because we did the Cavs hype panic scale. Well, we might bring it back later in the show. We did that earlier, and after the Knicks loss, it was all panic. The Cavs probably are right where they need to be. I didn't intend that to be the start of the show because I do at some point. We kind of have to have the call out the Cavs conversation with Donovan Mitchell and how they've used him. But last night to me was just another. It was just another moment of, hey, you're right where you need to be, right. Darius and Gar- uh, Darius and, and Mobley, they're just they're just learning to play with Donovan Mitchell. And even if they're not ready to do that in 20 games or 30 games, they probably will at some point next year. We got to get back to enjoying the ride with the Cavs. And some of that is because they did just beat the booty of a really crappy team, so I'm feeling good. We do have to get into uh, the idea of jealousy. I think it's right to be jealous if you're a Browns fan. But that's where the jealousy is. For the Cleveland Browns here, but I'm excited for this weekend mostly because I'll tell you know I'll give you the reason why I'm not excited for this weekend. Um, 
and maybe this is because I pay special attention to this stuff because I do work in sports talk. I hate that we've already gotten to a point in in celebrating Joe Burrow's greatness that we have to somehow denigrate Patrick Mahomes. And I know I've made this comparison before, but the the closest thing I can compare it to is the in real time LeBron versus MJ thing. You can exalt the greatness of Michael Jordan without needing to beat down on LeBron James. And by the way, there is no exact answer. Like, if the worst thing I'm going to say is, well, Joe Burrow's now the best quarterback in the NFL, not Pat Mahomes. All right, well, because one guy's done it for about three times as long. But even that, doesn't that feel like an attack on Joe Burrow? So it's it's the only thing I'm not looking forward to. Now, the reason why I am looking forward to it it's because the NFL needs its next great quarterback rivalry. And I think the AFC is ripe for it. I know a lot of people want to count out um, Deshaun Watson from this conversation. Deshaun Watson has a chance to be in this conversation. Josh Allen, who in the last couple of years has lost in the playoffs to Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And now I got people, JP, it's my boy JP at night. Ah, Josh Allen's a bum because he's only been to one conference title game. He's 26, for God's sakes. That, for God's sakes, was directly for my boy, JP, just so we're clear. But, like, Josh Allen has a stake in that conversation. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, who played in the first round of the playoffs. My hope is, yeah, it's weird, because on on some level, I do want variety. It'd be great if next year it was Deshaun versus uh, Mahomes, or it'd be great if it was Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow, right? It'd be great if it was just a different iteration but Mahomes and, and Burrow, especially with the confidence of the Cincinnati Bengals right now, who have not lost to the uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs in the last two years, like uh, it wasn't Eli Apple, Mike Hilton saying they're going to Burrowhead this weekend. Oh, the Bengals are getting mighty big for their britches. I don't think people realize Joe Burrow's cocky and coolness. That'll be cool. That's cool now. That dude wins a couple rings. People got sick of Tom Brady, who is the humblest cat in the world. Tom Brady bagged, uh, married the woman everybody wanted to marry or just hang out with, but Giselle. The dude won nonstop for 20 years, then left that place, went to a new place, and just kept winning until this year. By the way, they made the playoffs, so I guess they did just keep winning. The guy won seven Super Bowls in 20 years, made $400 million, and bagged a Brazilian supermodel for his wife for about 10 years. And people hated that guy, despite the fact he was like the most low-key dude in the world. Despite the fact that Tom Brady talking bleep is like Screech from, from Saved Bell talking bleep. It's not bleep. It's Tom Brady just saying stuff in this voice. Just wait until Joe Burrow gets a Super Bowl in him. And by the way, I'm not saying that. I, I went on like an anti-Cincinnati rant yesterday. Again, I just can't, I can't root for the Bengals. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a Browns fan. Browns-Bengals, same division. I don't care that Joe Burrow's from Ohio. There are a lot of people from Ohio that I think are a-holes. Right? Like, there's nothing more that pains me in the world. There is nothing that pains me more in the world than when I have to say, oh, that guy's from Cleveland? I don't care. I hate him. Because it does feel 
it does feel a little bit like you're uh, you're being a traitor on your neighbor. Uh, by the way, we're working on getting Tony Baselli here. We might have to move him later in the show. We'll see if we can get him on. But this weekend, to me, represents not a passing of the torch. That's asinine. If you think Joe Burrow beating Pat Mahomes makes him a better quarterback, no, it may, means the Bengals are a better team. And by the way, Bengals might be a better team. And if you can say that two straight years, kudos to Cincinnati. But shouldn't getting to the Super Bowl, shouldn't that be enough of a crowning achievement? You've been the better team the last two years. But if you really look at what Patrick Mahomes has gotten to the AFC title game this year with, like I know they still have Chris Jones. I know they still have Frank Clark. I know they still have that, that retooled offensive line. Travis Kelsey is still that dude. But, like, this is a rebuild year. His second-best receiver is probably Kadarius Toney, who was a complete bust in, in New York. And, by the way, Mahomes has made him look electric at points this year. His running back is Isaiah Pacheco, who, by the way, I actually don't think is a like good. I think he's only good because he plays in the same backfield with Pat Mahomes and behind a good offensive line. Pat really hasn't had a consistently good running back since Kareem Hunt. That defense does have some significant holes in it. I think we've gotten to the point where we just expect great things of Pat Mahomes. And so the great things are if you don't make the Super Bowl, you must be awful. Because again, Tom Brady hit that mother out of the park for 20 years. Right? However, this weekend is just the next opportunity to establish a really great rivalry. And I think they're going to do it. I, I don't think I, Kansas Kansas City might have problems with the physicality of Cincinnati because Cincinnati surprised me. They got their butts beat in against Baltimore physically. I'm saying they got out physical against Baltimore, and then they went up against Buffalo, who should have been one of the most physical teams in the NFL, and they made them look like simp's. It was kind of embarrassing for Buffalo, who's got this identity. And Cincinnati, uh, they, 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 they beat them. They clapped them cheeks, so to speak. But I think this is going to be an all-timer this weekend. And you know what's funny is you look across, and I, I, it's, I'm not going to sell you a fight on Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. But everything people are saying about Joe Burrow, right? Oh, it's his ascension. If he beats Pat Mahomes again in Arrowhead, it's an ascension. Okay. That, that feels like a lot. It feels like the opposite of the Deshaun Watson. Deshaun is done. The Jason Lock and Fora take from yesterday's show. It feels like a, I can say this because you can't disprove it right now. Let's talk in two years. The AFC is loaded with franchise quarterbacks or guys who can be franchise quarterbacks. It has been easier to get the last two years where, where Joe has gotten than it will be five years from now. Hell, maybe even next year. We are going to move uh, Tony Baselli to later in the show, so we'll have that coming up here. Is this weekend about Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes? Because I also think the ascension of Jalen Hurts is a real thing. I really, really love what Jalen Hurts has done in Philadelphia, and honestly, all due respect to uh, Mahomes, Burrow, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP this year.
Bill, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, Nick. Good program. Thanks, buddy. Well, I, first off, i got to say I've been a Kansas City Chiefs fan since 1965. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And that shows you how old I am with Lenny Dawson and, and, and the crew there. But, you know, first off, I think if you ask the general managers in football, who would they rather have, Burrow or Mahomes? I'm going to say 90% would say Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is not only because of arm strength and all that, he's also mobile. Mm-hmm. And he's also more creative. And so I, that's just my statement, but I think I'm probably right. The other thing is, is this, is th- I agree with you 100% that th- this is a good thing. Keep in mind, John Elway won his first Super Bowl when he was 37 years of age. And these guys have probably another, with the way football is right now, 13, 15 years in them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, then what? Then what? What are these guys going to be looking like at that time down the road? Lastly, Burrow is still on his rookie contract. Wait till Cincinnati has to parse money mm-hmm. like, like everybody else does that has an expensive quarterback. And, and then you'll see just how good he is. But right now, they can spend money you know, like anybody. And, and, uh, I, and, but anyway, this weekend, I would love it uh, that uh, – Mahomes drops back to pass on the first play and runs up the middle for a 30-yard uh, quarterback, uh, you know, draw. Love it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with a lot of what you said. And, and, Bill, what I love about what you said is everybody, oh, is, is Cincinnati going to pay Joe Burrow? Mike Brown isn't an idiot. You don't, like, Joe Burrow, Mike Brown has owned the team since his dad passed in, I believe, 1991. He's never had Joe Burrow. Like Carson Palmer at one point was maybe the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the NFL. I'd like his ceiling in Cincinnati. He's not anywhere close. And I, I say that with all due respect to Carson Palmer, who is a hell of a starting quarterback in the NFL. He probably at some points was a franchise quarterback. He was never Joe Burrow. But like, I don't think it's, is Mike Brown going to pay Joe Burrow? It's, is Mike, is Mike Brown going to pay Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Sam Hubbard because the reputation of Mike Brown is that he'll win as long as it don't cost him that much money. So Mahomes, to me, is doing something Joe hasn't had to do yet. It's winning with less. Now, I don't think Cincinnati's a complete team. We know the offensive line's banged up. We know the secondary isn't great. Sorry, Eli Apple, you're trash. But, like, that's as good of a front four in the NFL between Hendrickson, Reeder, and Hubbard. And I probably left out a name or two I probably should have had in there. That's as good of a front four that you have. And in lieu of a great offensive line, the second best thing you can have is elite weapons. Jamar Chase is elite. T. Higgins, he's elite. Hell, I think Tyler Boyd might be the number one receiver on Cleveland if he was here. Oh, and then Hayden Hurst, maybe not an elite tight end, Hayden Hurst is one of the 15 best tight ends in the NFL, and when Joe Mixon actually is used properly, Joe's one of the 10 best running backs in the NFL. I think right now, I think I think they've got a very good offensive line in Kansas City. I think Travis Kelsey is elite, and I think uh, I think Mahomes is making uh, chicken salad out of chicken bleep with the rest of them. And defensively, it's a good front four, not a great one. Potentially great with that with Karloftis and some of the youth they have there. 
And I think the back half of the defense is problematic. I don't say problematic. It's just not great. It's good. Mahomes is winning with less. I don't think you can say that about Joe Burrow because I think there's a decent chance this Bengals team is more talented than last year's given the development of some of their players. But John Kincaid was on with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio while we're having this conversation about uh, what this weekend is. I think it's I think it's likely to be the coronation of Jalen Hurts and the overreaction to whoever wins coming out of the AFC. But it's clear, me likey some Jalen Hurts. Not as we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Much as John Kincaid, who's on in Philadelphia when he joined Amy Lawrence on, on Overnights on CBS Sports uh, Radio earlier this week. I believe Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Oh. Not even a question. The man was 14-1 and one as a starting quarterback. I mean, I, what do I need to see? I mean, does that not matter anymore? He was 14-1 and one as a starting quarterback. He went out there and won every single start, I said, that Washington game. And more importantly, he is a fantastic balanced attack. More of the offense is on him because of what he does with his legs, with his arm. I think he was brilliant this year, and I think he's going to show it on Sunday again, just like he did on Saturday night. Here's what I would tell you. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. He's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. I do believe if you take Jalen Hurts off the Eagles, it's bigger than Patrick Mahomes being taken off the Chiefs. That, to me, is the difference. That might be a hot take, respectfully. It's not uh, Jason Lockenfora saying uh, the, the Browns are going to pay Deshaun Watson to go away in 18 months. Hot take which might go up there in the all-time holy crap hot takes. But to say that if you take Mahomes off Kansas City, that the backup, uh, would have it would have been a completely different story. One, I like Gardner Minshew, who's the backup in Philly, a hell of a lot more than I like Chad Henney. All due respect to Chad Henney. Two, this goes back into my theory of we got to break Mahomes down to prop up Jalen Hurts. I actually agree with John Kincaid. I think Jalen Hurts should be the NFL MVP. I didn't know Jalen Hurts could play this way. But in that conversation, even I have to acknowledge that even in saying Jalen Hurts, and I think the real real reason why Jalen makes the Eagles go 
is because I think he's like 80, eh, I think he's like 60% of their run game and 100% of their pass game. That's why I think he's the MVP. Oh, and by the way, they're the best team. But it is razor thin margins. And even in that, I'm probably taking for granted this week, uh, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes already, which in an which all due respect to Joe Burrow is another sign when we're completely looking down our nose at the freak show that is Patrick Mahomes that he's done for the last five years. That tells me who the real best quarterback in the NFL is. Jalen Hurts is still the MVP. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Burrow or Mahomes? Who you got this weekend? And I want to bounce something off about the Browns and and why it looks different than what we're going to see this weekend. Uh, some Twitter reaction. We're, we're just talking about what this weekend represents in the NFL. Because too many people act as if if Joe Burrow beats Pat Mahomes this weekend, well, Joe's the best. No, I think it's just evidence that right now, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have achieved a level above where other franchise quarterbacks are. And please understand how rare this is, right? Like, I know Tom Brady was the the top of the pops for a really long time. And so we've lost perspective on what true elite quarterback play looks like. And, and the difference between elite quarterback and franchise quarterback. It's very, very rare that one or two quarterbacks is on a pedestal above other franchise quarterbacks. Like, think of the like uh, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, right? I mentioned Deshaun Watson and what he's been historically. Oh, and by the way, I just left out another five or six quarterbacks in the AFC alone that probably qualify as franchise quarterbacks. So it's very rare that for any modicum of time, even just two years like we're on right now, that one or two, in this case two quarterbacks, go from straight-up franchise quarterback, sub-elite quarterbacks, to now you're a level above elite quarterback. That's what Mahomes and Burrow are. Put them 1A, 1B. I don't give a flying fadoodle in the parlance of Chris Fedor. Do not care. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe Burrow gets a... a, a gold star and Patrick Mahomes gets a slightly less gold star all right bro just understand how rare uh, a rarefied air we're talking about and if we really talk about one quarterback pulling a Tom Brady where now Joe Burrow's in a category of his own come back to me in two more years because the thing that it wasn't just winning three Super Bowls with Tom Brady it really wasn't what really set Tom Brady above everybody else is that he won those Super Bowls and he did it over 20 years. And more often than not, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think statistically winning, I don't think you can definitively say Joe is above Mahomes. And even if it was for a glimpse of a moment, talk to me in another two years. Joe has been elite the last two years. Joe has been as good as any quarterback in the last two years. And Patrick Mahomes has done it since the day he stepped into the NFL. Or sorry, since the day he actually became starter in Kansas City. I think we I think it's way too easy to throw and to look down on Mahomes' greatness. So in one way, I understand why the morning show 
yesterday guffawed and did the whoa thing when Mary Kate Cabot say the Browns feel like they've already found their Joe Burrow. I said in one way I understand it. I still think it was ludicrous. Although, can somebody get Ken Carmen the actual audio of what I said or what we said? Felt like it was like 10 minutes of, of Anthony Lima playing the worst game of telephone ever. Well, they said, well, they kind of said that. I said that at one part of the thing. It wasn't really my overarching point. It doesn't kind of said that. Uh, some response from Twitter here. Twitter reactions brought to you by uh, Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, I had made the comment in the last segment about how John Kincaid had this ridiculous take that if you take Jalen Hurts off the Eagles, it would mean more. It would be more of a loss to the Eagles than if you took Mahomes off the Chiefs. And I think in part, that's just where, okay, yep, Patrick Mahomes, sure, you, you're you're Brett Favre without the turnovers. Sure, you throw for 5,000 yards a year. Sure, it's like 30, 40 touchdowns every year. Sure, you win whether you have the best talent in the NFL or whether you have maybe the 10th best roster in the NFL. Oh, well, but Andy Reid deserves a lot of that credit. I, some of that is that. Some of that is, but where I disagreed with him is, Gardner Minshew is a better backup quarterback than Chad Henning. Gardner Minshew should probably get a starting opportunity this offseason because he wasn't the problem in Jacksonville. Like, if you said Gardner or another year of, of Carson Wentz, eh, let me see where Gardner is. But uh, on Twitter, Marcus saying, Chad Henney went 98 yards last week. Okay. Guys, Chad Henney is, is barely an NFL quarterback. This isn't a Geno Smith situation where Gino was a backup for 10 years and then suddenly uh, was able to be a really good starting quarterback. Chad Henney's probably still a quarterback in the NFL, respectfully, because he's a talented player. Like He's better than 99% of the quarterbacks out there. Not better than Gardner Minshew. He's probably one of the 10 least good, <laughs> is that a thing? Least good uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, also... All-in-one, who I should note is a Bengals fan, saying uh, Mahomes is not Joe Burrow, and he knows it. Yes, he's just as good, if not better, because he's done it for more. And uh, also saying, I love Watson, but I think he's done. It's six friggin' games. My, the, And it's the same thing with this Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes thing. And I say this respectfully, because they're both great. They're both elite. They're both MVP good, even though Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Best player on the best team. All right. But this idea of Deshaun Watson being done after six games, it might be true. But that's not a scientific fact. Like the scientific process is you need an adequate sample size. You need testing data. I could say almost anything. You know what, guys? I'm going to tell you right now. Patrick Mahomes will never win another Super Bowl. That might be true. I'm a, You know what, guys? I'll say it right now. Mike Tomlin will never. This is actually a better one. Mike Tomlin will never win another playoff game as a Pittsburgh head coach. 
right? Because they haven't won a playoff game since 2015, 2016. Well, well, there's your proof. All right, but what's the context? And everybody, like this whole narrative that, oh, the Browns have to go make the offense better for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun should be the offense. The interest should pay. (laughs) This is a case where you win the lottery, live off the interest. The interest is Deshaun Watson. He is the lottery. Don't eat your fat ass to death going out every night trying to find DeAndre Hopkins and every other receiver who has been great in the NFL. And oh, by the way, you got to get five great offensive linemen and you got to get five great receivers and four great tight ends and three great running backs. Either Deshaun Watson can play or he can't. That will bear itself out. But just farting that into a microphone, don't make it true. Not it, not yet at least. But I'm going to totally claim that Mike Tomlin thing if, if that bad boy comes true. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.